Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 61 of the J Situation podcast. I'm recording this on May 4th, 2021. How you doing? Yeah, I hope you're doing well. I'm doing okay. This is a very busy week uh, for me, and uh, it's also a short week for me due to travel, frankly. So <laughs> I am happy to be be here doing the podcast for you today, and uh, maybe I even give you a deliverable this week. I'm going to try to make that happen. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, stay tuned for that. I'm going to hit that topic in today's episode. Um, principally, I've been pretty busy characterizing the behavior of silencers. Uh, it's very important for for you and for me uh, to understand everything about their sound signatures um, and their behavior. Okay, and and the reason this is important is because I need to be able to best inform you, the public, about them. Educated consumers result in better products in the space. Okay, that's I think that's a universal truth with uh, with things in general. I think the more educated the consumers are, um, the more companies need to you know pay attention to to what they're putting out. I think that's a it's a pretty simple concept, but it is a philosophy that I um, that I kind of abide by in this whole thing. It's kind of one of the thrusts of why I'm doing this. Um, so you know, so that's what I'm doing. I am literally helping you learn. So silencer companies will care more about what you think. <laughs> that's uh, and maybe I can help them along the way. You know what I'm saying? I think it's working. In fact, I know it's working. I I, I do know it's working. So. That's really neat. And, uh, you know, if you are interested in, in purchasing silencers, you know, once you learn more about them, if you are interested in, in buying one, uh, one, one place to do that that makes the process pretty easy is Silencer Shop. <laughs> the J Situation Podcast is probably sponsored by Silencer Shop, the most efficient and intelligent way to purchase silencers. I'm a silencer consumer myself. I use silencer my silencer shop myself. It, it's my infrastructure of choice, frankly. I like their kiosk. I like everything they're doing. Okay, you know, they, I, I like their their system with the QR code on the form fours. I like that. I like when things are digitized. Uh, you know, it minimizes the likelihood of errors in your paperwork. You know, and they're they're the ones who invented that. They worked with the ATF to make it happen. Frankly, silencer shop works with the ATF to do a lot of stuff. Uh, it's pretty high level. So it's pretty cool. There's a reason they've grown. They continue to innovate. They're very forward thinking. They apply technology to a lot of the things they do with regard to the NFA regulatory arena and keeping track of paperwork. When it comes to large amounts of bureaucratic data, they are good at managing large chunks of that. Okay, so like when it comes to the administrative side of silencers, silencer shop is, I mean, they're, they're the pros. They're, they are the pros. Um, they, they have a network of dealers nationwide where silencers are legal. You, 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 know, you use their kiosk. They have the kiosks there in, in your different local dealers. You can go there and, and, and use, use that kiosk to, to use all of the different services from Silencer Shop. And, and when you do that, you cut down on errors because of the way everything is digitized and set up. It's really cool. It simplifies the purchasing process. And you know... Because of that, it is a one-stop shop. You can do everything. You know, you can buy the silencer. You can buy the tax stamp. You can form the trust online. You digitally sign the form for. 
yeah, you do it on your couch using DocuSign. It's pretty cool. You're eating popcorn, watching Netflix. You say, you know what? I'm going to pause this and buy a silencer. Your your wife says, say, say word. You say, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to buy a silencer really quick. She's like, how can it be so easy? Well, then you can talk to her about it. Maybe you buy one for her too. <laughs> Since this is a dream. <laughs> but yeah, when you when you do use Silencer Top System, all your personal information is stored safely. Yeah, it's encrypted in their systems for easy access when you need it for your forms. You never have to hassle with ink or fingerprint cards, you know, when it comes to buying a silencer. They even they got a money back guarantee. If you're not fully satisfied, hey, Silencer Shop's going to do their best to make it right. You know, ho- hopefully the manufacturer will help you out, but you know, sometimes Sometimes uh, Silencer Shop's going to have to step in, and uh, they uh, they pull a little weight. They can throw their little weight, weight, weight around and uh, hopefully get, get some things going for you. They really do have good customer service, so I tell you what, I wish they had been around. Man, when I got in the, into the NFA game, you should have seen some of the dealers I used. Oof, it was rough. <laughs> it was rough, but hey, um, you know, Silencer Shop, you go to the website, Search for the products you want to buy. And when you're ready to make a purchase, they got online tools that make it pretty easy. Show you dealers in your area that are going to hold your silencer for you as you wait. Because you're going to wait. You know, this ATF game, it's, uh, when I told you it's relatively painless, uh, well, you know, I said relatively painless because you still got to wait. But those dealers that Silencer Shop helps you find through their network, uh, they, they, they might let you shoot it while you wait. So some dealers let you do that. So that, that can be pretty cool. So no transfer fees, no paperwork errors, just you and your silencer with no drama. It truly is silencer ownership simplified. And a very important thing to note is that this podcast is sponsored by the only public small arms research cooperative in the world, my company, Pew Science, pushing the silencer industry forward one test at a time. Visit PewScience.com for all kinds of awesome stuff. (laughs) Go to the website, PewScience.com. You'll find the suppression rating. It is the simplest and most accurate hearing safe rating for your suppressed small arms. It is based on true human sound perception. It is in section five of the silencer sound standard. It walks you through gunshot noise. It's it's kind of like Wikipedia, but it's way more entertaining because I wrote it. No, <laughs> no, it's because it's about guns and guns are fun. Um, there are seven parts. They're all on PewScience.com for you to read. And if you haven't if if you haven't read them all, you don't you really don't have to. It's not it's, it's not a mandatory thing. It's it's totally fine. You can skip to section five if you're not familiar with the section suppression rating, just to learn like, well, what the heck is the suppression rating, Jay? And it's a pretty simple thing. There's an infographic there. Um, it basically lets lets you know how silencers stack up in comparison to one another with regard to sound at the muzzle and the shooter's ear, and you get a hearing safe dose limit for the particular platform on which the silencers are tested directly tied to human perception i'm telling you man if that number is if that number is higher that silencer is going to sound pretty sweet on that gun if it's lower well you know you might need to put your ears on lickety split like you know what i'm saying so 
That's kind of how that works. Now, um, you're not going to find this information anywhere else. Trust me. It's 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 very difficult to create this, <laughs> to compute it. So, so let, let PewScience.com be your guide. And you know, if you if you want, you can dive real deep into the reviews in section six. Uh, you know. Check them out on PewScience.com. And, you know, if you don't want to because there's just too much detail, which, believe me, I have been known to be long-winded, that's fine. Go to Section 7. There's a simple table. You can compare everything there. It, 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 you can sort stuff, too. You know, so rank the ranking section, Section 7 of the standard, super easy tool. Super simple. Couldn't be more easy, actually. Could not be any easier, and the data could not be any more useful. It's literally true perception of sound. You don't even have to worry about... The scale being weird. I mean, it's it's literally uh, you know unitized and, and, and perfect for you there on PewScience.com. Uh, you can go and if you know you you're, let's say you're looking in the database and you're like you know I want to know more. How did this crazy guy come up with this? Well, in every line of the table, there's this link to the review. You can go back and and look at them. As always, if you are a manufacturer and uh, you, you say to yourself, you know, PewScience. Maybe you could help us test privately. Or maybe maybe we have a job for you to consult. I said, you know, no problem. Um, go, go to the website. There's a form. You fill it out. You can submit your inquiry to us. Your content information and all the test data that we generate as a, a part of an effort for you will be held in straight confidence. Unless you want to release it. In which case, I can definitely help you do that. Um, we've done that several times in our private testing so far. And uh, you can see those on the website. You can support this podcast, support Pew Science. You can support our testing that we do for you folks by joining with a membership at PewScience.com. You know, that helps a lot. It really does. Um, and, yeah, you know, if you, if you say, yeah, it's, 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 it's not in the cards right now. I'm, I'm, I'm saving my pennies. I say no problem. Um, just be sure to spread the word. You know, you know, rate the podcast, review the podcast, let folks know that sponsors and guns are awesome. I'm telling you, what did I say at the very beginning of this? Through education, we can improve the industry, right? Well, imagine if the if we educate other folks too. Not only are we improving the silencer industry, but we're basically improving the state of practice of small arms. Where more people are using silencers, where if more people are using silencers, man, you know, it wasn't so long ago that you you go to a high school and people had gun racks in their back of their trucks back in the day, as it were. It's not that. I mean, it's less than a hundred years ago. So what? What, you think it'd be weird to have have everyone have a silencer in their glove box? It wouldn't be weird. It'd be important. Well, what's the? how do we get there? How do we get a silencer in every, uh, in every glove box, a silencer on every gun? How do we get, how do we do that? Well, everyone's got to know how cool they are. I mean, who, who, who doesn't want to, to reduce hear, hearing risk? <laughs> I mean, come on, guys, right? Right? <laughs> All right. Four topics for you today. Um, topic one, some after-action reports. Um, what to do when we investigate anecdotal loudness experiences from Pew Science test data. There was a mystery with OSS, and we, we have solved that mystery. I'll talk about that. I think that's really cool. Topic two, new members research supplement coming this week, I think. Want to highlight some current parameters um, from some of the recent data and compare it to some others. Um, 
like I said, it's a short week this week. We'll see how far um, I'm able to get with that for you. Hopefully, I'll be able to get that to you. Topic three, man, this, I'm excited about this one. Round two of listener questions. I hit the last of the first group in this. You know, I think that's what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to hit the, the last of the first group, and then I'm going to move on to the questions from this new solicitation that we just did on social media. So I think we got we got a bunch of questions, and uh, man, they're getting hard, and I like it. It's awesome. And topic four, welcome to all the new Pew Science members, and thank you for your support. Okay, topic one. Let me get my pencil out here. My Pentel P207 with 0.7 millimeter diameter lead the best mechanical pencil ever created made in Japan. I don't know if you guys know about the the Pentel series. You know, there's the different, they make a 0.5 millimeter, um, which I believe is black. The 0.7 millimeter is blue. And then you got the, um, the 0.9 millimeter is, I want to say or like an orange yellow. Typically I use the blue, the 0.7 always have okay topic topic one at a time of 13 minutes 19 seconds (laughs) you're like oh my god this guy is what is this guy some kind of engineer i play one on tv okay i'm gonna drink water here yeah topic one after action reports investigating anecdotal loudness experiences oss mystery and solving it like the Scooby-Doo gang would do. Now, last review I published, oh my goodness gracious, Sound Signature Review 641. It was the the OSS HXQD 762. Um, I, I published that a couple weeks ago, and um, that was a doozy. It really was. Th- that was, okay, the reason it was a doozy is because it was the first time anyone has published high-fidelity data illustrating the efficacy of a silencer design that keeps flow velocity high while at the same time robbing energy during flow to reduce sound signature. Okay, so in other words, a back pressure reducing silencer that drastically lowers back pressure like it should while also exhibiting moderate sound suppression performance. Okay, this is this is a balancing game, and and this was a significant data point in that regime. Um, in the, the the on the OSS website, there's some white papers. Oh, excuse me. Mm. The, there are some white papers, and they do mention in their own testing. And I have not talked to them about the specific factor yet. They have mentioned in their own testing they have a plus or minus percent um, increase in bolt velocity with their silencers on certain semi-automatic weapon platforms, okay, on the reciprocating system. Now, as a result of this, um, you know, and and, and me, myself, shooting various OSS silencers on full auto and semi-auto weapons before, like I have done that, and learning from the anecdotal reports, um, the the new Omega back pressure metric from Pew Science— computing that for this OSS silencer, that metric being very low for this silencer, you know, all of that together, that bolt velocity measurement from them that they report, all of this, you know, collectively, in the, the sum of the whole, it all made a lot of sense to me. 
and it perfectly aligns with all the user experiences that I've come across over the past couple of years with regard to the back pressure of these silencers. Okay, because I've I, I've experienced them firsthand. I've tested this one on, on, on a couple platforms. You know, we got OSS data, we got customer data, consumer data, military data, you know, LEO data reports. It's it's pretty it's a it's a it's a it's a conclusion so these sensors are low back pressure got it okay now the suppression rating which measures which measures human sound perception from inner inner ear modeling of the 95 95 percentile human ear Okay, so it's the 95th percentile human inner ear, and 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 there's a lot of science behind this. That's it's it's frankly it's well studied. It's in the Sanser Sound Standard, and um, it's very robust. the The suppression rating, it's very consistent and and robust. the The way that we measure data, the way that that I analyze the data is is very consistent, and. There have not been folks disagreeing with the relative rankings of silencers shown on the website at all. Okay, I mean, every once in a while, you know, but 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 it's that I need to go on because it's 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 a little crazy because I, I have mentioned this before in that every time I've investigated a deviation um, in anecdotal experience from the rating, it ends up not being apples to apples. Like every time. And I've said this before, like there's always something is always like, oh, well, no, it's not apples to apples. And um, with this case, with this OSS review, um, a, a, a seasoned Pew Science reader had a report, uh, an, an anecdotal experience, and he gave it publicly on Reddit to me, you know, because I like to I like to use Reddit to kind of announce the podcasts podcast releases and the review releases like there's a really good um nfa community on reddit it's the r slash nfa if you're not if you're not familiar with reddit that's totally cool you don't need to be i'm just saying like for those of you who do use reddit or have used reddit the nfa subreddit is full of a lot of really knowledgeable folks and a lot of new people that are really new to firearms in general and and nfa in general and so i like to post there well this guy's there and um, he had remarked in one of the recent posts, and you can it's still there, you can go read it. Um, he had remarked that he had shot the OSS silencers or silencer, and he felt that it was considerably louder than his Dead Air Sandman S on or 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 a colleague's Sandman S on semi-automatic. 308 and 556 on tuned hosts on on you know various weapons weapon platforms he you know so and he had this experience in 2019 and so we talked about it we talked about it publicly actually i i actually didn't talk to this guy privately at all about this issue ever all my discussion with him was public um until later okay so we're publicly we're brainstorming we got other guys in there asking questions well maybe this maybe that and which is good right you want discussion you want open discussion about this because i i'm taking user reports very seriously i want to know well what in the world's going on okay because the rating is based on human perception if someone is perceiving it differently with than 
relatively to what other ratings for other silencers are, I need to understand. It's very important. And so we were thinking, well, what's the, what's the source of the discrepancy? So I let it sit for a bit. Okay, I, we answered some, we went back and forth. I, I gave some, some kind of postulations that I thought maybe could have done something, just, just kind of guessing, basically. Left them there, waited about a week or so. Kind of let this information continue to get out here, let more people read it, you know, because this stuff takes a little while to percolate, right? You know, it's going it's to kind of like go and spread, spread its wings. You know, people share it, which is great. I love when you guys share the data. That's really important. So in the meantime, uh, as the data had continued to proliferate, um, I had been conversing with another gentleman, um, uh, one that had these silencers since release. He had pre-ordered them, actually. And he's a Pew Science member. I had shown borescope videos of this particular sensor that I tested from the blast chamber um, into the baffle assembly. And apparently there were features in the silencer shown on the video that were not present in his silencer. Okay? And if you recall um, from my discussion about this silencer last episode, this silencer's job is to maintain flow velocity while robbing energy. It's a very unique design. And so what it's doing is it's introducing losses with different features in the silencer. When you have flow get interrupted um, and but continue, um, a, a technical term for that is a flow loss. Okay, it's a flow loss. We're still maintaining flow velocity we are introducing losses, energy losses to the flow. Okay? Okay. There are little geometric features like ridges and things and other, other stuff. There's, a, there's other stuff that assists with this, that assists with creating law, energy loss. And um, every, every little bit helps a little bit. Little bit, little bit, little bit here and there, here and there, here and there. You add them all up. If, you, if your flow's doing something across these services, if you add all those little bits up, if you add them all up, they can make a difference. Okay? They can. They can make a difference. So, you know, this guy, he knows, well, hey, I don't have them. I don't have those features. So, okay. And he was kind of looking at, he was like, you know, I think this is a little louder than what you're thinking. And I'm like, really? That's really interesting. So, he said that. I was like, okay. Let's talk about it. So I was like, okay, so I had the guy on Reddit that I had let that sit. I had this guy. This guy's a Pew Science member. He talks to me a lot, a lot about these OSS sciences. Okay, okay, interesting. So I'm, I'm getting like kind of, I'm zoning in on two, two cases here where one guy's telling me this, he thinks the silencer's louder. Another guy's telling me his silencer's different and it might be louder. I'm like, okay, hold on. So I used the power of social media, did an Instagram story inquiry, posted a couple of comparison photos to my story, did some digging, got a significant amount of reports from people. Okay. We basically ended up zoning in on a serial number range in which the OSS silencers got a core change. And 
I don't know why I haven't talked to OSS about this. It could have been due to manufacturing changes. Maybe they decided to make a revision. I don't know. I don't know. But what we do know is there's a clear delineation in type of core. And the, I mean, the, the Pew Science member still likes his silencer with his older core. Okay, he still likes it. But he now understands more about it. And is his louder? Yeah, it might be louder. It very well might be. You know, and um, and the and the thing about this is that this is you got to keep in mind, guys. This type of silencer, when you're making changes like this to the actual mechanism of energy dissipation, when that's the primary mechanism of sound suppression because it's not trapping gas, you can you can. Probably, I, I postulate, I, I think that you can change the actual sound signature quite significantly just by changing certain, some of those features because you're not trapping gas. I mean, you're, you're, you're trapping a little bit, but you're not trapping it like a traditional silencer. So if you're, if you're in, introducing more flow, flow losses, they, they didn't just do that for fun. They didn't just like, oh, we're going to make a manufacturing change and, oh, well, let's just let's just add some ridges on here. No, dude. That's purposeful. That's purposeful. Why would you do that? Well, you would do it to in, in, induce more loss, okay? So that's pretty clear. So then I went back to Reddit. I went back to Reddit, man. I said, okay. This guy also follows me on Instagram. So I went back to Reddit. I went to the post. I, I edited it, updated it for people. I said, hey. Here's some more intel. Because I want, I want, you know, people search Reddit for research. Like, I I don't know if you guys know this, like you manufacturers listening or you vendors or distributors, all, all, all you non-consumers, but us consumers, when we want to know something about a product, we, especially like a silencer, we research the crap out of it. We'll read everything we'll, because we'll ask. We don't know. We, we don't, our friends don't have one. So we can't go shoot it. So we're like, dude, like what, like, how is this silencer? Like, do you know, like who's used it? Blah, blah, blah. So like tons of people are going to read this and it's going to stay in the public domain. It's going to stay there. So I go back to the post. Well, I edit it. I don't want people to think this is crazy. So I say, okay, edit. Here's the date. We discovered something X, Y, Z. Well, the dude from that post that I responded to again, he, well, he follows my Instagram. He appreciated it. It was really cool. He DM'd me. He was like, hey, man, like, you didn't have to do that. Um, I appreciate it. Like, thanks for looking into it. Thanks for caring. I'm like, hey, man, not only do I care about your experience and getting to the bottom of it, I care about the entire community understanding where they can apply the results and, and where they cannot apply the results. And frankly, once I figure out a definitive change in serial number range, which I will, I'll put I'll put it on the freaking I'll put it in the article. I mean I have no problem doing that. I mean that's that we need to know. Like I put the model name in the article. Why wouldn't I put the exact type of silencer that the data pertains to? If you know what I mean, there there's enough of them out there to where we have a, a few people. So a few people reporting that, and uh, so some people sent me pictures of their silencers which were different. It was interesting. Once one guy did, I got a bunch more. So that was interesting. So this guy, so we're DMing, right? We're talking. 
you know, he's thanking me. He's being nice. He's saying, you know, dude, I actually, I, I think the version we shot was actually a K version. Now that I think about it, I mean, keep in mind, this is back in 2019. It's 2021 now. So it's a couple years ago. You know, this guy was shooting that. He's like, nah, dude, it was a K version. I'm like, oh, well, well, no wonder you thought it was louder than the same NS. Well, cause it was a K silencer. I mean, K silencers are ridiculously loud on, on, on centerfire rifle. So, so yeah. Um, so the, we had a core change, right? So there's that. Then we got a silencer size change. Cause he's, 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 his experience is with a different silencer. Okay. So again, with this report, we have no reason to believe anything is wrong with the rating algorithm. The, the analysis continues to be based on human perception. It, it seems it, 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 this is the ro- the robustness, that's a word, has been tested again and passed again. Okay? That's important. It's holding up the scrutiny. That's important. You want scrutiny. That's what you want. Because the, the scrutiny will, will determine how robust it is. This is literally stress testing this, and it's been over a year. There's a lot of data. So this is this is important and this is this is going to give this is giving me more confidence every time. Cuz every time I test something crazy, I remember that some of you who've listened to this podcast for a long time, remember when I first tested the CGS Helios QD like with a solid end cap on a bolt action 308, I tested it and I was like what's going on? I had hearing protection the first time I tested it. Then I got the data and I saw the peaks and I was like okay, and then I did the suppression rating, and I was like, whoa. I was like, why is the suppression rating so low, so, um, so high? Like, why is it so quiet? I was like, no, 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 something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong. So I tested it again, got the same answer. Did the suppression rating, got the same answer. I was like, okay. Then I started learning more about it, talked to CGS. Like, this is way, this is before I was um, doing R&D work for CGS, before they were one of my clients, and I was like, Dang. I was like, what is going on? And 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 that that was a really there were some moments like that in testing. Um, you know, and this OSS was another one. This OSS was another one where I was like, I didn't know what to expect, and the rating algorithm has been tested and stress tested, and it is robust, and it again is agreeing with user perception. There are users coming out of the woodwork with OSS sponsors being like, I told you it sounds good. I've been telling you guys it sounds good. Why haven't you believed me? And everyone's like, well, we didn't believe you because like no one freaking had any data. I mean, what, the single peak DB numbers are, are going to show anything? No, of course not. If you, if you, just use a single peak db number like there was a there's a guy in rfcom the other day you know ar15.com someone put po- someone posted this the 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 results of this this pew science test data on the silencer forum on um on ar15.com and like someone posted uh oh i'll save you some trouble or too long didn't read here's here's the pressure and impulse compared with the same ns or something and it's like what do you do it's like that's not doing consumers or manufacturers or dealers any service by just posting like raw numbers like that like that's so dumb like why would you just look at a raw db number like we've we've proven time and time again that that's like not going to help you at all and that's why no one that's what that's frankly that's why people probably won't even looking at these 
these OSS silencers because they're like, well, it, you know, they, 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 they can't verify sound. Because they don't have they don't have the, the the freaking suppression rating before. So looking at raw DB, it's like it's like if you look at raw DB and you look at the CGS Hyperion and a Thunderbeast Ultra Nine, you'd think that like they were right next to each other in the, in loudness. And I and and they're not right next to each other. The suppression rating is wildly different, even though the peak DB at the muzzle is very similar. So, like, don't give me this whole, like, oh, we can just use XYZ. No, dude. No. Okay, so, yeah. So, the robustness, again, has been proven. So, that's cool. And, you know what? I wanted to say something else about this, frankly. There were a couple of things I didn't highlight in, in, the, in, the, in the podcast last episode because about this data because, I frankly, I went ham. I, I spent a lot of, like, a crazy amount of time explaining the Pew Science back pressure metric, which also, by the way, is holding up pretty well right now, okay? And I have some folks ready, sitting there ready to validate it further with high-fidelity methods. Like, these are like weapons developers. This is not science or people. This is like weapons guys. And they're ready to validate it. With no, then this isn't YouTube. These are like, these are professionals, okay? So like, the and they're standing by. So we're gonna get more, val- we're gonna get some high-fidelity test cases too and you might not see those but it doesn't matter okay I'm, i can tell you about things in generalities so so that's happening too so okay anyway i, I digress but so yeah so the 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 um the p science um back pressure metric omega that's that's working too so now but it's newer so it's going to need more scrutiny but suppression rating is established so um with regard to oss if you guys have time I want you to take a look at the muzzle impulse waveforms in the review. Now, this is, and this, I forgot to tell you about this, and I'm sorry. Uh, we should have talked about it last time. I just, there's so much. So, this time, if you want to go, if you want to pull up the review on pewscience.com, it's going to be the latest review that's posted there. Well, for, for, for right now, it's the latest one as of today. And sound signature review 641. Okay, so it's 6.41. It's the OSS HXQD762. Mm, excuse me. One second. Get some water here. Yeah, so if you want to pull up the review, I want you to look at, and this is available in the free version too, I want you to look at the muzzle impulse waveforms. Okay? This is super simple. I want to. I want you to look at it because we're going to talk. We're going to talk qualitatively, meaning we're going to talk pictures. We're going to talk how it looks. So this is, I, I and I got some comments about sometimes what I say is kind of hard to follow along. I get you, fam. Totally my fault. I'm going to try to make this easy to understand. Okay. Figure four. You with me? I want you to scroll down in the review to figure 4A and 4B. Okay. Now remember, when I, when I was talking last time in the last episode about some calculus, it was like super complicated. It'll use a little squiggle and everything. You're like, what is a squiggle? I'm like, I know it's an integral. Relax. You're like, oh my God, it's too much. I'm like, I know it's too much. But the curves in figure 4A and 4B, those curves, all the, they're different colors. All of those, figure 4A and 4B, you see, it, it, it looks like a little mountain. Those are the numerical integration of the curves in figure three. Okay, that's what that is. 
So all that is, th that is the area under the curve over time. The, those, those curves in figure four, 4A and 4B, those are the curves of the area under the curves in figure three. Okay, got it? Okay, cool. That's impulse. Okay, so here's what's cool about these colored curves in figure four. Um, I want you to look how smooth they are. Okay? It's weird. It, it's really weird. And we're going to talk about it. And, and I don't even have to get technical with you right now because of I'm going to use the term smooth. And you all you all understand what smooth means. When you 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 remember in, in in the calculus discussion last time, and what I just explained to you about these being the area under the other curves, right? You remember that. So that means they're a numerical integration. That means they're changing with time in accordance with how the other curves did. Because they're related. They're basically sisters, right? Or brothers. So Anytime the pressure curves change, that causes a change in these curves too, right? They're related. Now, if the pressure changes by a bunch, if you get a wild swing, you get a disturbance in the impulse and it becomes less smooth, okay? So what happens when your impulse curves are smooth? Well, that means that there's steady pressure, or at least a steady change in pressure. Okay, that means there aren't any violent pressure pulses. I mean, relatively. I mean, there are some violent ones, but, I mean, obviously, because if there wasn't, then we wouldn't have this crazy rise to peak, peak uh, initial positive phase impulse. We wouldn't have the way that we get the omega term. We wouldn't have that initial slope if we didn't have some kind of violence. I mean, you know you have violence. You have muzzle blast. It's one of the most violent events you could possibly, possibly create yourself, actually. You have, you have huge pressure differential between combustion products and atmosphere causing gigantic, gigantic uh, um, violent event with with drastic flow discontinuities and shock waves. I mean, it's, it, it, frankly, it's one of the most violent events you could, a gunshot is one of the most violent events that you can control yourself. There's a disclaimer on PewScience.com that, that says that firearms allow us to, to control energetic combustion events, you know, in accordance with the manufacturer instructions. I'm paraphrasing. It is true. You are controlling an explosion and directing it. It is literally a directed energy weapon. Okay, it's so violent, but, but what happens when the pressure pulses and, and you know what, the actual phenomenology, the actual physical manifestation of the pressure waves measured by a single point sensor in space are incredibly complex. And there's a lot of stuff going on that's actually has things to do. It has to do with things other than the, the actual jetting, but it, Anyway, to have something be so smooth, in it, it, it's not random. 
it's not random. We I've we've tested enough science. This isn't like a, this isn't a science project where it's like, oh, I've tested a couple of silencers. Let's talk about what the curves look like. No, this is pew science, and we've tested like a hundred freaking million things. This is I've there's so many waveforms. I've looked at these so like I know what I'm looking at. Okay, I know what I'm looking at, and what I'm looking at on the OSS curves is smooth impulse changes which means steady pressure pulses which means the flow stream is steady okay i'll do you one better you done looking at figure 4a and 4b scroll down to figure 8 scroll down to figure 8 what do you see in figure 8 okay click on it make it bigger you like how i did that yeah click or tap if you're on your if you're on a smartphone or tablet figure 8 that's shot to from a bunch of different sensors with low back pressure Okay, fam? And I just wanted to show you a spectrum, and there's omega terms listed on that table too. That's not important. What I need you to focus on is the smoothness of the curve. Remember, I'm this isn't complicated. I'm not trying to make this complicated today. I'm trying to tell you, look at a picture. You look at this picture, this red curve is OSS, right? It's the red one. Look how smooth it is. There's a little bit of jaggy, sure, but look how smooth it is overall. Look how smooth it is. Look how smooth it is. You know the only other silencer that's it, that's, that comes close, that comes close to that on that chart is the Hyperion K. As far as smoothness goes. Look at the other ones. Look at all the other ones. They got these little weird humps and stuff. I mean, I'm being highly, um, crude. I'm being very crude and non-technical. I'm, 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 t I'm saying words like smooth and humps. You know, I'm, I'm using these, these, these flowery terms to describe to describe something that is clear in the data, which is continuity. Flow stream continuity due to flow velocity increasing and decreasing at a rate that 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 correlates with pressure pulse measurement outside the silencer. You're not looking at gas flow on these charts. You're looking at impulse accumulation. But everything that happens outside the silencer is a function of what's happening inside. This is not like people forget just because something is just because something is happening inside a weapon. It doesn't mean you can't measure it outside the weapon. You just need to understand what correlates to what. There is a method to this. If it I mean, like when when OK, here's an example. When you measure something that's louder outside the weapon and you don't have a silencer, what what could that be? Well, there's more energy happening. Well, why is that? Well, the cartridge is probably bigger. Oh, look at the big brain on you. You just figured out that something with higher energy inside the weapon resulted in more energy outside the weapon. Okay, well, if you can correlate that, why on earth couldn't you correlate this too? <laughs> okay? Okay, so... So, yeah. So, yeah. And that's why the Omega Metric's awesome. But in addition to the omega metric and the fact that we, we can understand um, a phenomenon that correlates to back pressure, which is like, doesn't mean it, omega is not, the omega metric is not back pressure physically. It's a parameter that correlates to it and has a unit because it is a unit because it's varying with, it's varying in accordance with that unit and time, but it's not, it's not back pressure physically. Okay, of course it's not. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not. But 
it's correlation. And there is also a way to, to quantify data continuity and smoothness. I mean, there are, and you know, it's, it's not like we have to use the silencer industry and the gun industry to do this. No, no. There are all kinds of, you, you think a data, there's data scientists looking at like you, the financial markets. There's all kinds of predictive modeling you can do. With, I mean, once you have the data, you can do anything with it. This is what the, from the very beginning, I'm getting a little spicy right now. Because frankly, like I, I feel like I, you need to know from the very beginning, when I first started Pew Science, and actually before before I really even was advertising this as Pew Science because of the company that I was forming, I wrote PewSoft, created it, built it, and I and people asked me to buy it. They said, "Can I buy PewSoft?" I said, "No, you can't buy PewSoft." They're like, "Well, why not?" I was like, "Because you don't know what you're doing with it." They're like, well, what are you going to use it for, Jay? Well, I'm going to measure silencers with it. They're like, well, why can't we use it too? I'm like, because. Because I'm also going to use it for consulting services. And they're like, they're like, what does that mean? I'm like, well, I, I got to figure out what the silencers are doing. And they're like, well, what are you talking about? I was like, well, now you see what I'm talking about. If it's not clear now. <laughs> but it's like I had a hard, you know, like back then. And I know some of you who asked to buy the system are probably listening. And I hope I'm not upsetting you. But back then, I found it really difficult to explain to you what I was trying to do with this. Because unless you're a test engineer or a or a physicist or like or or have real experience understanding fast transients and what you can do with data after you gather it, like I had there was no way I was gonna be able to help you understand the gravity of what I was trying to do because I didn't you didn't have the vocabulary yet. And I'm not trying to I know that sounds condescending. I, and I'm not trying to be, but if you don't have the the basics, the basic education of what this is, then then there's no there's no convincing you about any of it because you don't you won't know you it doesn't have a meaning to you and and that's fine, but that's. The reality and so th this is why it's so important to be able to look at the entire data stream because without that how would we even know what's happening okay how would we even know and now look at this curve look at the red curve so the red curve smooth got it everyone's agreeing it's smooth cool not even debatable really i mean it's not even believe anything you want don't believe anything you want look at the curve it's smoother no one will argue it's not okay cool got it no, not only is it smoother it's lower what does that mean amplitude's lower what is amplitude amplitude is the the vertical the vertical um quantity on the plot okay the amplitude is lower not lower than everything on the chart but it's lower in some things. So it's smooth and low. How on earth do you get smooth and low? Well, what do we talk about smooth mean? Well, smooth means steady flow, continuous flow. What does that mean? Uninterrupted flow. What does that mean? You're not trapping gas. What does that mean? Well, if the amplitude's getting low, that means you're robbing energy. How else are you going to get low amplitude when you're not trapping as much gas? 
Because you know what happens when you tramp gas? Well, the waveforms get erratic. Well, you see that. The impulse waveforms get erratic when you trap gas. If you don't, if, you, if, if you're not, why does that happen? Let's think about it. Why does it happen? You trapping gas, what are you doing? Well, you're pulsing, dude. You're, 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 you're sending supersonic flow into an orifice. You're pulsing it. You're, you're putting it in there. You're, you're creating, you're pressurizing different parts of the silencer. The flow is, and then they're depressurizing. So flow is going in and out, 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 boom, boom, boom. In and out of these cavities, boom, 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 boom. All the way through the, the body of the silencer. What do you get? You get wild fluctuations. So wild. Remember the Griffin silencer? Remember the Griffin Explorer EX3? Remember how crazy loud that was at the shooter's ear? And we were like, oh my God, the decibel rating is not the decibel rating. The, 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 peak, the peak sound pressure amplitude measured in decibels isn't even, isn't even that high. How, why is it so loud? And then we looked at the impulse waveforms at the shooter's ear like the members did. And they were like, oh my God, look at the, the swings. You couldn't make it louder if you tried with the size of silencer it was. Like their baffle design for that silencer was super loud just frankly loud it's a bad bad design for if you want to be quiet but it lets flow really it's super flowy if that was a word super low omega right and you can see that on actually on the chart in figure eight the explorer has an omega of like 0.06 basically it's a pretty low omega it's a pretty low omega it's a really loud silencer. And you know what you can see? You see that in the, in the, the front end of it, right? And the muzzle. You see that little boop. It has a, this little like up and then boom. And it drops. You're like, whoa. That's not smooth at all. It's like, that's not smooth at all, dude. It's just loud. Right? So that's what happens when you restrict flow. They're letting a lot of flow out, but they're restricting it. They're using baffles. Traditional baffles. I mean, they cut, you know, what did Griffin do with the silencer? Remember, you can go, dude, search my website, figure out, figure out the timeline of when I, re, when I reviewed the Explorer EX3 and then when I talked about it on the podcast. I don't remember the episode, but when I, I probably notated it in the topics there. So you can probably search like EX3 in the podcast search. When I talked about the EX3 or the, 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 the Explorer 300 or whatever the heck the model designation is, what I talked about was, how they cut a notch in that baffle really close to the to the axial orifice of the baffle, right? Really close. They cut a hole. They cut a little notch in there. Well, what does that notch do? Well, let's more gas through. I mean, I don't know why they did it. They probably did it to like increase turbulence, which it definitely does. It definitely increases turbulence. It also relieves high pressure zone and stagnation so you can continue to trap gas, which is super important too for long duration gas flow at high pressure, right? Which is a gunshot, especially 308. So cool. That's what it does. But what it doesn't, but, but what it also does is it makes flow highly erratic and it makes it super loud to your ear. And you wouldn't know that if you looked at just the peak. Well, what does Griffin do when they test? Well, they look at just the peak, like every single other manufacturer. So there you go. How would they know? Well, they'd have to shoot it by themselves a lot with their ears and use only their ears and not trust their meter. Because if they're looking, if if they're using like a BNK pulse or a or a yada 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 or whatever, you want to pick a pick a DAC, pick a you know what? Use PewSoft. Use PewSoft and don't and and then don't look at the whole waveforms. You'll be misled. 
what you think I'm just gonna spend all my like time and money and build peace off only to just use the peaks <laughs> what what do you think this is a game so that's what I'm saying okay so so that's what I'm saying like you we know and this is a recent discovery we 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 we, we, we okay it's, it's relatively recent right we knew and I, I think i said this in the recent oss review we knew we knew when we saw those those waveform oscillations not in pressure space but in impulse space i mean we saw them in the pressure space too but we, the the crazy swings but when we saw the impulse swings at the shooter's ear at the in the griffin review we said oh oh my god we are tearing up our ear ligaments our ear ligaments are responding to these these pulses in a way that is just it's not conducive to, to pleasing sound signature the human ear doesn't like that it's exciting a frequency range of the human ear that's harmful to us we can't have that why is that happening well we know why it's happening and now we know even more why it's happening we're getting closer to understanding another tidbit another artifact another waveform characteristic of sensors what is that Waveform oscillation in impulse space. What did we see with the OSS? A very smooth curve. We are looking at flow characteristics outside the silencer now. And it's telling us about flow continuity. It's telling us about back pressure. It's telling us about basically ear response. And, and, and it's the freaking numerical integration of a pressure history. That sounds complicated, but I can tell you, if you actually read the science of precursor flow and muzzle blast, like I was, I, I sent some, I sent some stuff to Bobby and Josh at CGS last night because I was kind of just like nerding out. Um, I was, it was super late. It was like midnight and I was just like really trying to understand something very technical. If you look at that actual science that's frankly well-established, but super complicated, a numerical integration of a pressure function is Mickey Mouse stuff, as my as one of my previous physics professor in college would call would call this Mickey Mouse. The squiggles are Mickey Mouse, frankly. It's nothing numerically numerically integrating a curve. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you you did you did calculus in high school. Congratulations. A high school student can do that. So being able to do something that simple and equate it to something this complicated. That's groundbreaking. That's completely groundbreaking and brand new. No one's doing that, man. No one's done that before. So there it is. And now you see it with the OSS. You get a red smooth line. Figure eight. Boom. Okay. I feel like I'm getting a little heated. <laughs> I feel like I'm... I feel like I'm getting a little heated now. But hey, you know... I'm. I'm... It's it's important. It's important because th this isn't. Do you understand? And, and I know you can't hear me, or you can, I can't hear you. But um, okay. If you, in summary, there's some data, and if you use a single peak dB number from a gunshot on YouTube, you're literally flying blind. Okay. We're gonna move into topic two at a time of fifty-five minutes. And five seconds. I spent I spent an hour on that, and I did not mean to. I'm sorry. Like, we have a lot to cover today. Oh my god. I'm gonna have. To, I might have to do less questions. I don't know. T I'm, okay. Topic two. 
Topic two, um, new members research supplement coming this week. Um, I, in order to highlight some more parameters for you, well, frankly, it's topical because it has a lot to do with what I just told you, guys. Okay, I am preparing something for you. I, I do, oh, man, guys, and I have a short week this week. I do. I have a short week this week due to travel, okay? And um, I'm not going to be able to give you a public review, okay? I'm not. I, I, there's, there's not enough time. There's not enough physical time. Um, yeah, just, I can't. And so, uh, but there are, but I have been working on stuff cause I don't stop working and, uh, it has to do with the latest test data and some other low back pressure silencers. And so I wanted to talk about it with Pew Science members and it's, this is not going to be public. It just not. Um, and it's, uh, the Pew Science members have seen this type of research before, um, but I think it's important to see, show it in, show these silencers in it. It's going to have to do with human perception. It's going to look at low back pressure silencers. Um, it's going to look at inner ear analysis. I want to look at that for you. I think it's important. It might not be important for you specifically members, like each of you that's listening. It might it might not be something you really want to see personally, but as far as like overall data efficacy and sound signature characteristics that we need to watch for, I think that it is um, going to help. And I think it's important. And I, and again, I've said this before, but I wouldn't be doing this if I did, I wouldn't publish something if I didn't think it was important. I wouldn't, especially in a research supplement. Uh, we, I think we have to look at this. And so stay, stay tuned, stay tuned for, it's going to be quick. It's going to be quick. I, I, I haven't even written it. I've just only, I've only done some analysis so far. I haven't written anything, but I will write it and it will be released to you. Um, and this will be actually the first time I think that I release something for members uh, only without also re- releasing something publicly concurrently. I usually release a member's research supplement in tandem with a public review. I usually do that. I'm not doing that this time. I don't have time for public. I only have time for members this week. Okay. Members take members come first. I know that that might sound weird to you, but why wouldn't they come first? They're paying me. <laughs> I mean, they're contributing. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, I mean, almost everything's on the, on the website is free. And if you want more, uh, you can support Pew Science. And it's greatly appreciated. I think, um, you know, I really know to be sincere, I, I do think that giving something a little extra to the folks that support Pew Science is really neat, and I hope you guys like it. I, okay, I hope you like. I hope you like that, and and hopefully I get it done in time before I travel. That's gonna be the the tricky part of all this thing. Okay, topic three at a time of uh, fifty eight minutes, twenty four seconds. Okay, this is my ooh. This is my favorite part. Oh my god! And I don't. We're already an hour in. Okay, we're already going to get a drink of water here. This is this is going to be round two of listener listener questions, guys. I'm going to hit what I'm going to do is I'm going to hit the, the 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 last of the first group of questions that we had, and then I'm going to move into questions from this new solicitation. Okay, um, and so that's what I did. The, uh, speaking of speaking of solicitation, I did another question solicitation on Instagram. Um. Yeah, so I received so much feedback from you folks about the Q&A so far uh, that I thought it would be prudent to do another one. And uh, this time, man, you guys actually asked some really tough questions. You asked a lot of questions. So what I'm going to do 
I'm going to go back into our spreadsheet. I'm going to hit the last few from round one. And then we're going to get started on the second round and we'll see how far we get. Okay. Okay. All right. Let me, let me get this here. Okay. All right. Man, this is awesome. Dude, my spreadsheet is wild. You're like, yeah, I bet you when I first started this, you were like, whoa, he's making a spreadsheet. What a nerd. Yeah. Joke's on you, buddy. Because now I got a spreadsheet of all your, all your, all of your queries. <laughs> no, let's go back to round one. If you recall, in the before times, no. If you recall, um, we were we we left off on uh, question sixty nine. Nice about um, people saying, well, why are flow through silencers getting so much attention at the moment? Seems very unsilencery. You remember that question? And then I and then I asked about, uh, and then I answered it, and I was like, because of the military and because blah blah blah. And it was cool. And if you have, if you want to know the rest of that answer, you'll have to go back and listen to that episode. I don't remember what episode it was, but you'll have to figure it out. Now, that was question 69. Nice. I'm going to question 70 now. Question 70. Are all the Insta dudes out of line bitching about muzzle flash on 10 and a half inch barrels with a K can? All right, I'm going to translate this. Um, okay, first of all, good question, sir or ma'am. I'm going to translate this in, so everyone can understand what this this gentleman or lady is speaking about. He's he's saying, are all the people on the social media platform Instagram off base when they are complaining about how much muzzle flash um, f- people experience or people see in videos when someone is firing a 10 and a half inch 5.56 AR-15 with a short silencer on it? Are, sh- should they be complaining about that and highlighting it as a deficiency? Or or should they, they just cool their jets and, and say, you know what, relax. That's, that, that's what this person just asked. Okay, well, I'm going to answer you, sir or ma'am, and say not necessarily. I'm going to say not necessarily, frankly, frankly. There are ways to suppress flash on, on short systems. There are. It is harder. It's harder. Um, due to, and this is, a, and you know what's really interesting about this? This ties into some of the research I was doing on my own. Uh, independent study, as I would call it. No, it's Pew Science. Um, I, was reading, I was reading nerd books last night. It was super late. Just trying to understand some more about some of this um, uh, combustion physics stuff that is not my primary research area. So like, yeah, dude, like you never stop learning. Trust me. Like I've been, I've been in practicing engineering for going on, I don't know, a long time, 15, 16 years. So, I mean, it's, uh, never stop learning. So it's harder to suppress flash, flash on, um, on short systems. And, um, there's some unburnt powder going on. That's one reason. Uh, but there's other phenomenon too. It is possible to do better. Now, the fact that this K-Can or short silencer, short rifle silencer, this K-Can craze, as it were, and I would call it craze, or at least, I don't know if it's current for craze, but it certainly has been. It, it's resulting in excessive flash, and it's a function of the market dictating a K-Can craze. And silencer manufacturers not focusing on flash, frankly, 
Look, man, they're focused on making short silencers, dude. You're like you, 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 all you marketing guys, they're like, oh man, what do people want? Well, they want short silencers. We think it'll sell. Cool. Can you make this? Yes, we can. We'll just cut it. We'll only put a few baffles in it. Yeah. Do you want? Do you want bright, flashy silencers? Because that's how you get bright, flashy silencers. Okay. Some some do better than others. But you know what? Frankly, in my opinion, I don't think it's out of line to expect your silencer to suppress flash. See, to your question, sir or ma'am, are the institutes out of line because they're 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 complaining that these people are shooting ten and a half inch barrel AR-15s with K silencers on the gram, and they're getting flash? You think they're out of line? No. I don't think they're out of line at all. I think they're hiding a deficiency in the, in the small arm weapon system. And I think that deficiency needs to be fixed, whether by the manufacturer or the end user. Should be manufacturer, frankly. It's not your job. You buy a product, it should work. Okay. Question 71. Helios versus Hyperion. Okay. Uh, you can only pick one. Okay. Let me... Uh, okay. Great question, sir or ma'am. I'm going to translate this for the casual listener here um cgs helios i'm gonna think they're gonna say helios qd they probably are because it's a it, you got to be careful because there's a lot of different helios is cgs helios qd versus cgs hyperion you can only pick one okay so this lady or gentleman is asking between this mid-size rifle silencer from cgs that is in canal steel, super durable, can't break it. And this full size, lightweight titanium silencer from CGS, direct thread, not modular like the other one. Does which one would I pick if I could only pick one of those silencers? Okay. Well, if I could only pick one, knowing that I have all of these silencers already, if I could only pick one, uh, Hyperion, it would be the Hyperion, um, and let me and and that might be a weird, weird thing because but you, you're um, that this is this is my answer if like I could only pick one, yeah no you know what I don't even have to qualify that I am literally answering your question if I could only have one of those I would have to pick the Hyperion, it's too versatile not to dude. It's too versatile not to. And you might you might think, Jay, why would you say such a thing? Why would you say that that's versatile? It, it doesn't have a QD mount like the Helios QD uh, capability. It, it you, you That's too long. It has high back pressure and blah, blah. It's like, yeah. For a 30 caliber silencer, it does have high back pressure. For a 30 caliber silencer. But uh, Why? What does it do? It's a gas trap. Traps gas. Traps gas really, really well. It's so quiet, dude. It's so quiet. And it's not only quiet on Supersonic 308, dude. You haven't seen Daddy yet, but it's quiet on Subsonic 308 Blackout. You've seen it on 6.5 Creedmoor. It's quiet on that. Dude. The Hyperion, it's super quiet on everything. On everything, it's it's anything you can fit inside it. Put something in its hole. Get it in there. Get all 
up in that Hyperion. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to trap it. And it's durable. Put it on a machine gun. It's titanium. I don't care. It's durable. You're not going to break it. You're not going to break a Hyperion. Okay? Um, I'm not going to name any names, but there are some other full-size silencers made out of titanium um, that have modular rear ends and other features that are different than the Hyperion that you see a lot that might actually approach the sound signature in some ways of the Hyperion. And you want to look at all those fancy mounts and everything and cool, you put it on your gun. What happens then? Well, you're going to put it on a machine gun? Wouldn't recommend it. I don't know, man. It's durable and light. It's full-size silencer. Uh, you put on a bolt gun and uh, never use hearing protection hunting and uh, it's light. Um, 300 blackout subs are scary with it. Uh, oh my God, could you imagine putting on a honey badger? <laughs> could you imagine putting on a honey badger with supersonic 300 blackout ammunition in it? Or subsonic? Do that. It has a taper. It has a taper. It's a taper muzzle. Go right to the honey badger barrel. You don't even need a cherry bomb for it. You don't even need a cherry bomb. Just take the cherry bomb off your honey badger and put this on it. You could do that. Um, and you know what? If you don't have a tapered barrel, it'll fit on the regular threading. And if you don't have the threading to fit it, get a thread adapter from CGS. Okay. Put on your Air 15. I don't care. It has high back pressure. So what? Tune your gun. I mean, put a 5.56 silencer on there. I was talking to Josh. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hold on. Let me get some water. I was talking to Josh last night. Josh and Bobby said, hey, you know, about, you know, I told them, I said, hey, you sure your silencer has high back pressure, but so do 5.56 silencers. 5.56 silencers are going to probably have way more back pressure than, than a big 30 caliber silencer is. You know how hard it is to get flow out of a small hole? Like the silencer could be way shorter and have higher back pressure than a longer 30 caliber silencer. Why is that? Well, because the 30 caliber silencers have a really big hole in them. So keep that in mind. Depends on the silencer, but it's a spectrum. But yeah, man, this thing, I, I pick Hyperion. You, same size as the full Nelson, but higher performance. It's higher performance. It's more versatile than the full Nelson. And it's more durable than the full Nelson. It's more durable than a Nomad. Nomad, it's more, it's more, it, the CGS Hyperion is more durable than a Nomad LT and more durable than a full Nelson. It's the same size as both of those silencers, pretty much. So, you know what I mean, Jellybean? Like, so you're asking me, what could I pick, Helios or Hyperion? It's like, well, if I could only have one of those, well, I'd pick the Hyperion. Because if you if you didn't have one, then you'd be like, well, I don't have a Hyperion, and then you're like, well, I need one of those, so you have to buy it. I don't I don't understand the question. Why would I only pick one silencer? That's such a weird question. Maybe maybe it's because like you could only afford one. Okay, well, then Hyperion. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> no, that's a good question. I I'm just like, 
if you really think about it. And the Helios, dude, the Helios QD, it's so heavy. Like, it's a great silencer, but it's not, that's going to be a niche use, man. Can you use the Helios QD on a bolt gun? Absolutely. But the, but the Hyperion, you can use on anything. Think about that. Think about that, my friends. Okay, let's see. That's Okay, so that concludes. Oh, guess what? That concludes uh, round one. Round one is complete. We are saving that. We are going to round two. Round two. Fight. No. <laughs> yeah, round two of listener questions. Global. And I, oh, you know what I did? I, I went a little autistic. <laughs> Doesn't sound like you, Jay. <laughs> yeah, surprise. No, I went a little crazy. And um, I did a global numbering scheme and a local numbering scheme. So we do have the global number. We're starting at 72. Global number 72, local number question one. So this will be round two, question one, or global 72, global number 72. Okay, so round two, question one. Oh, before I go on, that last question, sir or ma'am, about the Helios QD and the Hyperion, that was an excellent question. I bet you a lot of other people have asked that question or wondering that question and were afraid to ask. So thank you for asking it, and I hope that that, that answer um, influenced um, people's uh, thoughts but I what I don't want you to do is don't listen to me when I tell you what to buy okay like I could be wrong but you'd ask you asked me what I would do so don't don't like don't go do something now because I said so what if I'm wrong okay <laughs> um, uh, global number 72 um, local number round two question one how much of an effect does baffle material construction have on sound suppression? <sighs> Why do you guys have to make me think? <laughs> this is a really good, great question. Thank you for asking this. Well, hold on a second. Let me, what are we doing? I got to pace myself. What are we doing on time here? Hour 13. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to make this reasonable. Okay. Okay. Your question is like basically, you make a silencer. What does the does the different metal you make the silencer out of affect the sound signature? Or what effect does it have on sound suppression? Um, I, not a significant amount. Frankly, it, it's really not a significant amount. Um, in the way you're asking the question, I have to caveat this because this is actually fairly complicated. Um, we we have to break your question down into basically two answers. Okay. Um, because I, I need to caveat this response because you're asking something. It's not a loaded question because you, you're you not asking it with a nefarious intent. But there are, it's very, this is a nuanced thing that we need to ensure people understand that some people might not think about or realize. Number one, um, if you, I don't know how I'm going to say this. If you, if you change the material, the geometry is often going to change too, okay? Um, not all the time, but often. And if geometry changes, that means the sound signature may, may change. And whether or not that's perceptible completely depends on the design. Okay, whether or not the geometry change um, changes when you change the material, 
that should, that depends on the design too. And let's use a simple example. So let's say say you're building a rifle silencer out of steel. Okay, let's say you make it quiet enough for your use. It does the job. All the design envelope stuff is reasonable. You start selling them. Blah blah blah. You're selling your silencers. Everything's cool. Everything's cool. But then, but then your consumer, your customers, says, "Man, dude, this silencer is heavy, bro." Like you, they start complaining about the weight. You're like, dude, okay, I got you, fam. Not only am I going to listen to my customers, but I'm going to create more. I'm going to create more um, opportunity for revenue. I'm going to make another version. Okay, I'm going to make this out of titanium too. Maybe not instead. Maybe you're going to do it out of titanium too. You're going to make two versions of your silencer. Okay, so you start making your silencer out of titanium. Well, now you're using different material. Like, all right. So you could what you could do. What you could do is you could actually use identical dimensions. Identical dimensions of your steel design and the titanium design. You could. And if and, and you're and 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 you know, if you're that 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 could happen, but it would have to be your your design would have to work like that. You can't just make a one-for-one silencer or one-for-one anything out of the same material if the design won't work. Like, what if, like, you're subjecting it to stresses with a material change in machining, which would be different, and your design breaks because you 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 did something that's not acceptable because you've changed you changed the material, but you haven't changed other things to to accommodate the material. And frankly, like, that's outside the scope of this discussion. This is a design issue. This is engineering. Okay, so what if, um, let's say. For the simple example, you could use the identical. You could clone it just using different material. But you're cloning the dimensions. Everything's the same. Just the only thing that's different, you went from steel to titanium. Um, what if, though, what if there were things in your steel design that made you need to take make the titanium version thicker due to erosion, let's say? Or what if... Um, or what if you went the other way? Or what if something else happened where you you decided, okay, well, maybe I'm going to make it something thinner because I have a higher yield strength on this the second material I'm using. So I'm like, oh, well, I have a higher yield strength now, so I think I'm going to make this part smaller. So now not only am I making it lighter because I'm changing my material density, I'm making it lighter because I can make the parts thinner. I have less volume too. I'm like doubling up on my, on my uh, weight savings. I can be I can be light and strong. Shoot! So you start like playing with that. You're like, man, I'm gonna optimize the heck out of this design. So you start making things smaller. You start making things thicker. You start changing the geometry. So you're like, oh, I'm getting I'm getting in there. Okay. Well, if you change geometry th- thicker, thinner because of material change, dude, that could change the sound signature, man. Sounds just trap gas, right? We know that. Well, they also rob energy during flow. We know that too, right? It's a combination. It's always a combination. It's a balance. So you can rob energy differently and trap gas differently with different geometries. So you you do not... So that's one thing. Okay, that's my first answer to your question, sir or ma'am. You're asking, does the material of the construction have, have an effect on sound suppression? This is one way it can. Because by changing the material, you're changing other stuff too. Okay, some water break. Okay, now, 
second second part to answer your question, I, I'm thinking about here because I thought this is going to be a two parter because it it's a complex question. Now now okay, let's go back to the case where the sensor design is completely dimensionally identical, completely dimensionally identical to the point that the only difference is the actually the material. Right? We were talking about that the the, the strength. The stiffness, the density, that's different now. Everything else is the same, but the strength, the stiffness, the density is is different. Your silencer is not going to blow up. You're good. Now, the silencer should, theoretically, if everything is theoretically the same, identically identical, theoretically, the silencer is going to provide an identical vessel and surface for gas interaction. Identical, dude. Identical. The gas is going to behave exactly the same. So the gas is going to behave exactly the same. Okay? Tracking? Cool. Now, there can be some things that change, like heat conductivity. But we're going real fast. Real fast, guys. We're going super fast. In the time regime of interest of a gunshot, you've seen the waveforms on PewScience.com. You've seen this, you've read the science or sound standard. You know how fast a millisecond is, right? There's a thousand milliseconds every second, there's a thousand microseconds every millisecond, and PewSoft measures a point every microsecond one million times per second. How fast do you think it takes to heat something up from cold? If I if you put your hand around a silencer, and God, do not do this at home because I do not want you to blow your hand off. If, if, if you theoretically put your hand around a silencer and grabbed it, a rifle silencer, and you grabbed it, and you shot around through it, one round, do you think your, sil- your hand would be burned? No. Why? Why would your hand be burned from that one round? Why? Well, there's something called thermal inertia. And it takes a bit to heat up the the silencer, doesn't it? It takes a little bit of time, right? Well, how long does it take? Well, well, you don't know how long it takes. It takes it takes a little while. It's like, is it more than one Mississippi? Was it more than two Mississippi? Three Mississippi? Four? Is it five seconds? How long does it take to heat a silencer from one shot? Well, well, how long how long does a gunshot last? Not that long, right? So the heat conductivity changes of like a titanium silencer and a steel silencer saying it's quieter or not. Do you buy that there would be a change due to that? You shouldn't. You shouldn't buy that. Don't don't buy that. I've heard manufacturers tell me that. Like a guy was like, yeah, it's tiny titanium one sounds different because of the heat. I'm like, no, it doesn't, dude. Like, no, it doesn't, dude. We're not talking about like sustained fire, some other things too. We're talking about like shot to shot, man. Come on, man. This is a transient. This is a transient event. This isn't selling steady state sound. Come on, guys. So yeah, so that part, it's not heat conductivity. Okay, so we've eliminated that. What else is there? Um, I mean, okay, let me go back to this for a second. Remember when we talked about phase change? One second. Remember when we talked about phase change and like vaporizing water? That was like using a lot of energy, right? So how are you going to absorb energy with heat in, in the form of heat through a material fast enough? You're not, dude. 
even if your thermal conductivity of like steel and titanium are different, you're still not going to, you're still not, it doesn't matter. Now you might cool off faster or heat up faster, or cool off slower, or heat up slower, but you ain't, you're not going to, you're not going to change the sound signature from that. Come on, man. The time regime is too long. Time regime is too long relative to the time regime of the gunshot. Okay. You, you're talking about short time versus long time. Different, different time regimes. This is dynamics, dynamic event. Now, um, what about other, what about other aspects though? Some of you might be thinking, oh, Jay, I don't know. I've, I've heard some different stuff with titanium versus steel. You might, you might have. And if you're hearing something different, that means the sound signature is different. Now, is it louder? I don't know about louder, but it might be different. It might sound louder, might sound more pleasing, which could be defined as quieter. Um, could be resonance. Could be um, sound speed differences in material. Like, for example, um, you know, in, in P-soft waveforms, you see sound propagation before the gas jet forms outside. The silencer, before the, the precursor is over and everything, you see that, right? You've seen um, the early time. Well, technically, certain materials have different sound speeds, meaning sound travels faster or slower in the material and propagate differently from them. So there's that technically that can add up. Then you got like harmonics where like you get some kind of weird resonance frequency that can change due to density, maybe. So that can happen depending on the sonic construction. So you might get some pings, you might get some other stuff, maybe. That's really usually geometry, but it could change with material due to density and mass, you know, because different mass can damp out certain modes of vibration. So that's one thing that can kind of happen. So you might get some weird resonance, harmonics. That's some real, real subtle stuff that might happen. But other than that, dude, no, nah, man, you asked how much, how much of an effect does the material construction matter? Um... Not that much, man. The change is not going to be radical. In order for changes to be radical, the geometry has to change enough. And those the, the changes to make a radical change or a radical result might be small. Okay? All right. I hope that does that justice. All right. That was a good question. I think a lot of people have asked that, so I think that's a good question. Um, okay, we're uh, hour 25. Okay, I, I have a lot to do, um, and it's late, so I'm going to do one more question. I know I didn't do that many this episode, but we're going to do one more. Okay, that was a long one. Oh, maybe I'll do two more for you. Okay, okay. question 73, uh, local uh, question, uh, round two, question two. Should I put a Turbo K on every 556 gun that I own? Winky emoji. <laughs> uh, thank you for the question, sir, ma'am. Um, should you put a turbo K on every five or six gun? Okay. That's a YHM turbo K. That is a short version of why the YHM turbo. That is a modular rear end five, five, six dedicated silencer made by a Yankee Hill machine. Shout out to YHM powerful YHM. Um, should you put one on every five or six gun you own? I don't know why you're, that's a weird question are you what what you just like want to buy a bunch of them or they have a sale or something um i mean if you have one do it see what you see if you like it 
I don't know. Um, I mean, you better tune those guns, though. I don't know. It's a case silencer, so it's short. So it might have lower back pressure than the, than the full size, I would expect. It probably doesn't have that many baffles on it. Um, I haven't, I've shot it, but it's been a, year, a couple years. I saw it, shot it when it first came out, like right before it first came out. I shot it. Um, I had ears on, so I couldn't really tell. It, was, it sounded okay, I guess, but nothing. Um, I don't know. I bet you, you mean to tune your guns, buddy. Uh, that sounds has a 5.56 bore, man. It's going to be sized for 5.56, so um, it's not for size for 30. It's going to have higher flow restrictions than 30 caliber silencers will. So um, that doesn't mean it's bad. That doesn't mean it's a bad silencer. It just means you need to know what you're getting into. And so in general, I recommend 5.56 guns that are tunable. So I'd, I'd give that advice. There is no reason, in my opinion, this day and age to not have a tunable AR-15 Adjustable gas blocks and buffers are so easy to get. And a bolt carrier group with a delayed cam path, those are hard to get due to demand, but you, they're not unobtainium. You can find them. I just had a guy. There's a shout-out to one of my Pew Science members we were talking about today. He just got his Surefire OBC. He he sent me videos of him shooting it. He loves it. He's not even shooting suppressed yet with it. He compared it to his LMT enhanced with H3 buffer, which I've I've also tested. He he said he he can't he he's never going back. He has a semi-auto AR-15. He's never going back from the OBC. He says it's his favorite. So, tune your guns. Make your guns work for you. Okay, good question, sir, ma'am. Should you put a... Tr- I don't... That's actually... That's a weird question, but do it, home slice. Question 74, uh, local uh, group round two, question three. How many rounds does it take to put through... How many rounds does it take to put through the average silencer until you need a new one? How many rounds does it take to put through? Oh, um, I, I just read it weird. Um, this uh, Good question, sir or ma'am. Um, they are asking, how, ma- how, how many rounds can you put through a silencer before the silencer is no longer serviceable, no longer usable, or n- until you need a new one? Okay, well, it's a good question. Um a lot, a lot, guys. Um, but we need a caveat. I need a caveat that answer. Um, to be clear, you're, you're asking about needing a new silencer. You are not asking about cleaning a silencer. Okay, these are two different questions, but they're they're related. Okay, um, I will say, um, if we're talking about 22 silencers, you need to clean them. I don't know. I hesitate to give you a cleaning schedule. What is it? 500 rounds? Every 500 rounds? Every 250 rounds? It depends on the gun, I think. Um, depends on what you're doing. Um, depends if you're going full auto. Maybe sooner. You might need to clean them sooner than that. Don't hold me to... Do not hold me to that. But you need to clean them more often than other silencers because it's super dirty. And so if you don't, you're going to have a bad time. And so don't don't hold me to those numbers because you might be able to go a lot longer for 22 cleaning. But... um. 22 silencer maintenance is going to be important if you shoot a lot. Now, back to your question. How much can you shoot before you need a new silencer? Okay, let's talk about centerfire. There's so many categories, actually, of silencers. Like, okay, centerfire pistol, centerfire non-millimeter pistol with a steel blast baffle. You're 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 not nowadays with the ones that you can disassemble, you're not going to spend enough money on ammo to ruin your silencer, dude. You're gonna shoot that like on a pistol, on a handgun, you're never gonna you you're never gonna shoot enough. That's gonna last you forever, probably. Um, 
I mean, I could be wrong, but you could be the one person who shoots more. Like, you're going to get a baffle strike before you. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't want to wish that bad juju on you. Um, for centerfire rifle, same thing. You're you're going to have to clean. Now, that's different. Cause you're going to have to clean your rifle silencer maybe after every 1,000, 2,000 rounds. Um or something. I don't know. I don't know what schedule you should follow for that. Probably around there. Because if you don't clean it, it'll eventually fill up and lose performance. But to kill a rifle silencer that's made well on normal length barrels, you're going to have to shoot thousands and thousands and thousands of rounds. Like you're it's going to depend on your firing schedule. Like full auto could be like 3 3000 rounds, 5000 rounds. Sustained full auto, you might kill a silencer. Slow fire, you could be you could be 30,000 rounds, 100,000 rounds. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it, I, I don't know. It had to be really slow fire. It, it's a spectrum. It really depends what you're doing on the sil- with the silencer, guys, okay? Hope that's a great question, though. What a good question. A lot of people think, oh, maybe because it's, you know, it's like a car muffler. It'll rust out <laughs> or, like, it'll it'll wear out, which it is. I mean, a silencer should be a consumable item, because, but because they're consumer-centric now with the $200 tax stamp and we take them so seriously with our long waits, we use silencer shop, all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. Consumers have demanded, you, you know, you know, guys, it has it wasn't so long ago. You you couldn't even um, you you couldn't even uh, take apart a twenty two silencer for cleaning, and consumer and the companies wouldn't. It wasn't that long ago, it was like a decade ago, that people were like, you know what, we don't need to have a user as a serviceable silencer for you. And we're like, what? Consumers were pissed. We demanded it, and what happened? Silencers got user serviceable. Could you imagine if we if we uh, demanded that all silencers be quiet? uh-huh there you go all right that's the last question for today i'm going to highlight that in our spreadsheet we'll get to more next time guys i just had more to talk to you i had to talk about that oss stuff with you okay so we're going to highlight this in our spreadsheet with a yellow tag yellow fill that's pretty good yep you know we we, we made a little dent we, we didn't make a dent at all frankly there's like so many on this like we, we 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 at least we finished the last ones that was important so at least we're in group two now that's cool okay all right let's move into topic four let me minimize that actually i'm just gonna close it let's do that close that oops cancel hold on don't crash the com- do not crash your program save close okay Whew. that was a close one okay <laughs> moving to topic four a time of one hour 33 minutes and 49 seconds Welcome to all the new Pew Science members, and thank you for your support. Thank you. Sincerely, you make this happen. You are great. You are so great. I sent most of you welcome emails recently who joined. Some of you recently joined. Thank you so much. It, it means the world. It really does. And I, 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 I reach out to you personally. Please feel free to respond. We can talk. It's fun. Um, there were a couple, I, actually, that came through recently within the past couple of days, and I have not had a chance to reach out to you. So please... Bear with me um, before I do, and I will. I, I do um, reach out to all of you. I do. Um, and some of you, actually, we've been having some email correspondence, and I, have, I owe you a response. So thank you all for your support. Um, the dealer outreach has been really cool. I did want to say that. I've, I kind of mentioned some of our our newer dealers last, uh, last podcast. Um, for all of you Pew Science supporting dealers listening, especially our OGs, um, I think getting the information to your customers and your shops is super cool. I hope you're 
doing that well and easily. I hope I hope what I'm doing for you is easy for you. Um, I hope it's educating you so you can educate them. I'm open to different ways to do that. Uh, I might I might I kind of want to put some material together I can send to you guys um, to help you. Let me know how I can support you and your customers. So thank you, um, thank you to all our manufacturer members, our clients, our sponsors, Sponsor Shop. Thank you, thank you to Pew Science. Thank you to our members. Members, stay tuned. Stay tuned, members. You're gonna you're gonna get some interesting uh, data this week uh, for your perusal and your consumption. We will resume uh, resume a public review publication so- soon. Uh, I have a trip this week, so um, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed. Okay, talk to you folks again soon.